taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you vampires listen to. This week, talking about ghosts and taxes, you're grounded, mister. The news is nostalgic. Our topic is ladylike, and our dragon this week can go mano a mano with anyone. Legendary artist, Yoshitaka Amano. And as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. And I'm Joe. Hey. So this is uh, week three of us being apart. Yes. It's uh, getting a little easier. Yeah. (laughs) So how's this week treated you guys? Uh, Pretty good, man. Um, You mentioned vampires earlier. How's your week been? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a little haunting. Everything been a little <laughs> okay, bud? You look a little pale over there. <laughs> look a little gaunt. Missing some iron? Oh, no. Show me your neck. They, they know, Joe. <laughs> You're a robot vampire. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I thought Brian was the robot and you were the vampire. <laughs> I prefer to, to be a succubus if I'm going to uh, be something. Oh, okay. Like All right. You know what? <laughs> I would, They're like way harder to defeat. I would watch that Netflix original anime, Ro- <laughs> Robot and Succubus. <laughs> oh, that would make the... <laughs> The cutest chibi art. <laughs> it would. That, that actually would, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, she keeps on trying, but it doesn't work. Because <laughs> he's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the will they won't they of 2020 oh, she would be like yeah. little with like glasses and she'd be like following him around she's like why aren't i getting good at this and he's just like i don't understand it would be very cute <laughs> he just goes and recharges his batteries and i'm like i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh let's get into our games this week what, what are you playing, playing? And uh, yeah, uh, how about Amanda? Would you like to start us off this week? I, I would. I had a very exciting game. If you guys tuned in to our Twitch stream on Monday. Every Monday at 8.30. You might have noticed <laughs> us playing a new uh, release. Uh, the new, new release. release. <laughs> Ooh. Gosh, I really need a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> we played an indie title called Death and Taxes. You play as a brand new Grim Reaper, and uh, in Papers, Please style, you go through and decide uh, which humans are going to live or die based on the paperwork that comes across your desk. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a desk job. <laughs> what, if, what if deciding the fate of people's lives was just a nine-to-five sit down, stamp a couple names, and then you go to bed at night. I found this game really amazing. How did you find it, Mandy? It's incredibly charming. You get to talk to your boss. You get to talk to your boss's cat, which is just adorable. Uh, your boss, by the way, is Fate itself. Yes, he's got uh, like gl- glowing gold eyes. He's very. Uh, he's got a bow tie. He's very dapper. While at first I was kind of disappointed because to me fate is always represented as like the three, the three, the three women. Oh right, right to be right. like in charge mm-hmm. of fate. I was kind of hoping that it'd be like my like the three bosses there. Uh, that guy in the bow tie did win me over after a while. This might be exceptionally <laughs> nerdy, and this may be because I saw American Gods, but they have a stork and cat kind of quality to them which is the egyptian gods of the dead which are the stork and anubis uh-huh. the stork's name i don't remember okay. uh, but uh they seem <laughs> to have that dynamic so that would be cool if they that's what they were going for was like okay. you're the grim reaper and then they're more like egyptian they don't look like that they're a man in a suit with a cat but your your job's super fun you go downstairs into your little office and you sit at your very boring generic office desk and you get faxes, and then based on the information you get, you, you put either a live stamp or a die stamp, 
And I learned that Troy and I have very different <laughs> qualifications for what makes a good human. Uh, hey, sometimes if you just look like a jerk, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you're not going to make it to tomorrow. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> it's fun. You get to choose whether to do your job well or to do it poorly. You can have everyone live if you want to, or you can just kill everyone for no reason. But there are consequences to all your actions. So sometimes you'll let someone live and then they'll like blow up a cafeteria. Or yeah. sometimes you'll you'll kill someone and they're like, oh, and now there's this iceberg that melted and there's a virus. And I'm a little curious about that, how I'm supposed to feel as the player, because I'm the Grim Reaper. I don't necessarily think that like I'm a human. So like, a do I care if there's like an, an iceberg, a plague in an iceberg or whatever? A lot of them were very silly. So yeah, I was yeah, just choosing yeah. whatever I thought would be funnier. And I think that's <laughs> what the game is for. I could see playing the game twice, once through very seriously right. to be like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do and to play it like a puzzle game. Oh. And then once just mm -hmm. to be like, nah, everyone lives. And, and, and if you're doing it seriously, it's because <laughs> your boss, Fate, actually tells you what you're supposed to do. Hey, two people need to die out of these seven. Or, or hey, uh, two people need to die, but they can't be over the age of 60. They give you, like, some specs. So you kind of got to puzzle it out a little bit. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, there's no fail state. If you look at two people uh... and say... <laughs> If well, the game keeps going even if <laughs> okay. you yeah okay. there's, like there's no okay. there's no losing state like even if you let everybody live you'll just go to your boss and your boss will be upset with you but you can still and work he, the next and he'll day. withhold your pay and yeah. then you won't be able to buy the cute cat ears <laughs> and oh, it's man. all about or a bow tie a bow tie I it's missed all that bow tie I'm so sad I didn't get that bow tie <laughs> you know they made their accessories well when you're willing to just let people die for it. <laughs> Yeah. Like one more person, oh. I can afford that fidget spinner to sit on my desk. I don't know. Is Jenny worth this fidget spinner? Yeah, uh, I think so. Bye bye. Uh, it says she talks during movies. Yeah, we get out of here. Um, but it was fun. Uh, we played a few hours of it. I'll, I'll definitely pick it back up. Yeah, I'm really curious to do if you actively start to find fate, like where the game goes. Maybe that could be you your playthrough because, so. like, uh, I'm a model employee, and he said I might make middle management soon. Ooh. So Ooh, middle management, <laughs> sorry, excuse me, I didn't know I was sitting across from middle management over here. You are excused. Doth my eyes deceive me? <laughs> this is what middle management is, right? <laughs> yes, I feel like I should say something about vapors. Oh, you got the vapors. Mmm. We're mm. from the south. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that was uh, Death and Taxes? Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, I will go next. This week, I did play a lot more of No Man's Sky, and I was able to do a couple of things I wasn't able to do last week. But I do want to talk about the game, which is Grounded. <laughs> Ooh. Um, What's that? Which is, that's the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, basically, yes. game. Yes. Um, I didn't realize it was releasing this week, and I happened yeah. to, to like log on on Tuesday, and I was like, oh. We just <laughs> heard about this game last week, man. Like, we just heard about this game's existence, and now you're playing it. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, I heard about it okay. before then. But I, you know, yeah, but yeah. I <laughs> just heard about this because... I'm with Troy. I just heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear about it either. Because I have Sony yeah. eyes. I, I'm blind to all things Xbox-related. <laughs> no, no, no. Brian's a robot. Remember, he's connected to the web at all times. He, yeah. He, knows he all. sees he it all. He probably kickstarted this game. <gasps> we know. Our fact-checker, AJ, told you, because he's our Microsoft insider. He's got eyes everywhere. Yeah. Secret tweets. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Brian. <laughs> Ah, I can't help it. Ah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I have the PC Game Pass, which is probably one of the, the best deals in gaming right now. It's $5 a month, and you can play pretty much every single Microsoft game huh. um, available. And since this game is part of Microsoft Game Studios, it was put up there, and I could play it. 
and I didn't have to pay anything extra. So this was known as a game preview. It's called the the game uh, grounded game preview, I believe is what it's called, and it is definitely a preview because I did pretty much all the story within about an hour and a half, two hours, <laughs> and I took my time. Like I know some people out there did it within like like a half an hour they were done with their story but this is more of along the lines of like a building game so what it is is you basically you are a a child you choose one of four kids uh because you can choose your teen or whatever and you can play with friends as well they can pick the other teenagers that are on the group as well and yeah you're you are honey i shrunk the kids you are a tiny person in your backyard what's the goal are you trying to get unshrunk um, I don't know. The, the The story that there is there so far is pretty much like, hey, try to get this thing to work again. Uh, and is it the thing to, that like, shrunk kill you? Some ants. Uh, it might be. We're not a hundred. Okay. I, I, I don't know how you've become shrunk. <laughs> okay. <so far. laughs> but the goal of the game was to get to this one layer or base. Uh, there's a bunch of really miniaturized tech that you can use, and it's all like really high high tech. And so you're trying to figure out what it is. And by the end of it, you realize that there was a doctor that was researching some stuff. Ooh. And that's all we know so was far. Was it Rick Moranis? It's, 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 Does he look is like it Rick, Rick Moranis? Moranis? We can, don't know. It so far, be... you've only oh. intru- you've only uh, you've only ever seen uh, the the, per- the thing that you interact with is a robot. So you don't. There's no other human that you've interacted with. The robot just talks about the doctor. If okay, it's Rick Moranis, I don't even know what I'll do. I, have, I, I <laughs> oh, can't I even imagine. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the game actually. So as short as the game is and as little as the game there is with gameplay, because really, you know, you can you can build armor out of like insects that you kill. So you can build like ant helmets, you know, torso. And is this like a survival boots. game? Like, are you? Yeah, it's more of like a survival okay, game. Okay. So you're so instead of chopping down trees, you're chopping down blades of grass. Uh, that's uh, so funny. I love that. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, you can you're chopping down dandelions, which is the next tier up from grass. Make a glider because it's a little bit harder. <laughs> And and so yeah, so you're so you're building up from there. You make weapons out of ants as well. That's you make great. Like an ant club out of its leg. It's really funny. So that's great. You get uh, shrunk. You're in your backyard. You're just trying to survive the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And you and you make a fortress out of grass and everything. That's great. So. That's great. Yeah. And I saw there was yeah, like some uh, some hunger and thirst mechanics. So you have to like yes. eat. You got to drink. Like you're gonna eat dirt. Yeah, what yeah. Are you yeah. Uh, no, a giant. Uh, there's Oreo. mushrooms, so you can eat mushrooms. So there's mushrooms okay, around okay. there, so you can eat I'm the mushrooms. You can, if you kill insects, you can cook the insects. Can you, you make can like a them. little frying pan and put butter in it, and then put the mushrooms and like get them sauteed? <laughs> make a little little no, sauteed dish, yeah. maybe. No, no. I'll eat an ant. Oh. Unfortunately, not. I would eat that ant uh, if they let you. Do they have sandwiches? But for like the thirst mechanics, though, it's pretty funny because can I can I make an ant sandwich? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> the thirst mechanics is pretty cool, though. You're looking for dew, pretty much. You're looking for droplets of water. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So if you're thirsty, you just look up and see if there's any dew that's on the grass. And then you just you hit the grass, and then the, droop dro- uh, the dew drops down, and you drink the dew. That's fun. So that's pretty funny. Do the dew. Um, this has just been a, a secret advertisement for Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Is that McDonald's? But they, uh, but they do a really good. They do, they do really good or a really good job of making you feel small. Um, all the mechanics are all very well done. It's just that there's not much to it yet. That's okay. It's a preview. Uh, they are very much so yeah. before you even buy it. It's just like, hey, make sure you're in it for, for the long haul because right now there's not much to it. But we will be evolving. We'll be adding. So Oh, so you got you the whole game. In, yeah, for right now. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, but, but that's, there's like, 
nothing in it. They're like, hey, we're still adding more to obviously we're still adding more to it because there's not that okay. much to it. We just want to get feedback from people and in order to evolve okay. it to see where it goes. So, I was wondering why it was only $30. I looked at it today and I was yeah, like, that's yeah, really yeah. cheap for a video game. But if it's there not, yeah, if you're buying into an idea, that makes sense. Exactly. Uh, did you get to tell everybody about the front, the, the beginning screen? Oh, yeah, yeah. So so you first open, so when you first open up the game, it goes, hey, this is a game about, you know, surviving in your backyard. You are tiny. With that, though, um, please be aware if you have arachnophobia. <laughs> Uh, what this is not really this is the game for you or this is not the game for you however we do have an accessibility option that you can turn off spiders and then they just turn into like floating blobs <laughs> instead of being spiders which i was like because i kind of have arachnophobia not like yeah. uh, not like highly but i was like I'm, I'm uncomfortable around them so i'm like playing the game and the first time i saw spiders genuinely horrifying oh god like, because they are giant because they're orb weavers as well they're, they're not so like cute. tiny but like the first time i just happened to turn around and it was right in my face i was terrified <laughs> so they do a great job with that though i got to watch him fight a spider and i was like i walked over I'm like oh look at its little face i understand why they would want people to not do that though I mean, oh yeah and he's like it's an orb weaver I'm like yeah yeah it's a little <laughs> little 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 mandible in front it's like hey i just want to I just want to kiss with my mandibles. It murdered me. It murdered me. He died. And I was like, well, turn on arachnophobia mode, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of more afraid of a, uh, a giant cloud mass coming at me. Oh, yeah. Just a, a nondescript blob. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cute. It, it is pretty cute, though, I will say. Yeah, Troy doesn't like clouds. What, what's, what's fear of clouds? Yeah. Cloudophobia. <laughs> Cloudphobia, oh no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was my game, Grounded. Um, I probably won't play any more of this until there's a lot more added to it. I would like to play this with you. Yeah, it's a fun concept, though. It's a very fun concept. I like that it's a cooperative game. It's not, you're yes. not versing each other. You're just working together. Yeah, that does oh no, fun. not at all. So, uh, so yeah, that'll do it for me. Uh, and then what about you guys? Did you guys play anything different this week? No. No, nah, man. We are playing Ghost <laughs> of Sashuma. <laughs> Ooh. It's amazing still. It is <laughs> totes amazing. Well, last week we yeah. touched a lot upon the gameplay and a little bit premise of the story and the the look and the look and feel of the game. This week I think we're going to dive a little bit into the story. We're not going to go super spoilery. Just want to give uh -huh. some impressions and how we feel about some of the characters and what they're based on yeah. and stuff. Nice. <laughs> we did I do believe last week we mentioned that the character you're playing is Jin and that he is a samurai who's having very serious honor problems and he's gonna, he's <laughs> learning that he has to uh he's got a to adapt to a different world. He's got to massage that honor. I, I think I put it one way. Uh, he's, he has an ethical quandary that yeah, he's dealing with. An ethical quandary with his kunai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not with a bow though. He has no problems with the murdering with the bow. Yeah. But that kunai just makes it too that's too much. So, yeah. he, so he's a cool guy with kunai? He is a cool guy. <laughs> Guy, Brian, you're correct. The, the very basic premise is he's a samurai who was in a samurai war. They lost the war because the Mongols were using some dirty tactics. He survived, and he's like, well, I'm going to have to adapt if I want to save my island. And, yeah, time uh, to get into the mud. <laughs> roll up the sleeves, get, get knee-deep in that mud, because you have s sleeves on your pants. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I thought you were crawling, and that's why you rolled up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's like what I army meant. army crawling. Yeah. yeah. yeah they do a, they, you do a lot of army crawling with a samurai sword. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I am loving this story so far. Um, it's, it's a really good premise to help justify all of – to not just justify 
the the violence and the traversal um but also it the the story um allows you to challenge yourself on how to play this game as uh i don't think i mentioned actually on the podcast um i've been trying to play this game super honorably because the story seems like he's struggling with his honor so i've been trying to not use my assassination skills but as the game progresses and you find more reasons to have to assassinate and kill and decept and deceive um (laughs) and decepticon you find more reasons to decepticon um i find myself as a player actually falling into the same traps that Jin is and i think that's super cool it's like it's like that betrayal trope i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah agreed i I, until they force me to actually have to assassinate somebody in in a deceptive way or creep around in in an area where you're only supposed to murder one or two people but not anybody else like until they force me to do it, I have the same problems where I walk into an area and it would be so much easier if I just blew the place up or if I murdered See, everybody now, slowly. I'm, I'm far but gone. I, I still walk in and I'm like, stand off, come out here. I, so I, I'm fully I'm in. I'm a, I'm a full, I'm fully down that road. I have opened the door <gasps> and I've opened awesome. door a crack and now it's busted wide open. I am a Ooh. maniac. I told you that lady <laughs> was going to be a bad influence on you. <laughs> So, so that old lady is Masako, one of the uh, the side characters in this. This yes. game has amazing side characters. You have Masako, yes, who's avenging her family. You have Ishikawa, who is who is trying to catch a rogue student of his. I've only watched like two or three bits of this game because uh, uh, because I've been playing The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, and but every time I come over, <laughs> Troy is hanging out with the, this this really dope looking older lady, and every time she talks, she's like, "Ah, oh, my family died, and I have to avenge <laughs> my family." And I was like, "She does talk about other things, right?" And then it's like two days later, I'll come back. I'm like, "What what's going on right now? This is really cool. My family died, and I have to avenge my family." And it's like, "Oh, okay, cool." That's just, is anything else? No, no. Kind of a cool thing. When I was, we were streaming on Wednesday in the friend zone and we were talking about the game. I, I stumbled upon something I didn't realize to begin with. The very first character that dies in the game is her husband. Aww. I did not realize yeah. that her husband, he, when he says his name, it didn't dawn on me until much later. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's awful. Yeah. Like this, I mean, I mean, that lady is, it's very like Lady Snowblood, um, very uh, Bushido. Like the characters in those movies were really they had strong badass women in them yep. and like lady snowblood is a straight up revenge story. and like in the 50s and 60s right <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah I think uh snowblood I uh I think that was 1973 and Bushido is 1963 so so those are like and at that point in time there was no like women were not a big deal in samurai movies so it's kind of really cool that they added them into this game as main, like really principal cast pushing the story along. Without it, them, it you wouldn't seems, really. It seems like putting females in lead or heroic roles is a good thing to do. Huh. <laughs> it, Who would have guessed? It, huh. it felt that sounds very like a good Batman. topic to go on. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it felt very Batman in that yeah. like every, like periodically... Uh, it'll be like, oh, did I mention that my parents died? And it's like, no, we, we know. You could just just skip to the next thing you're gonna we say. Get I, it, I, already, I already know. I already know. I already know. Your family died. I know. But um, what do you do? You want to do? Okay. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Lady Snowblood, uh, Joe. Have you found like any other similarities like between this game and samurai movies, like kind of meshed up or anything? Yes. Actually, there's some really fun things. Um, so obviously, the game is very based off Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa's films, and I say based off as in style. Like the standoff system, the ninja-like abilities, and like samurai being almost like um, beaten down by a society around them. But the style, especially, 
he did Ran, he did uh, Seven Samurai, he did Sanjuro, and those are all classic, uh, Yojimbo, he did classic, classic samurai movies. And their style, they used stark white, stark red, stark yellow. Yeah. When fights would happen in a standoff, it was like everything we're seeing in this was designed cinematically by Akira Kurosawa. Like, it and pop- they just. Yeah. Like, yeah, the 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 slow the the slow it's a very western like we hear western wise we're so used to the the gunfight and the gunfight is based off of this yeah. style of samurai tale. Westerns are just samurai movies. Just That's correct. Yep. Modernized yeah. to to the 18th century. Even uh yep. Magnificent 7 is just seven samurai. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and <laughs> this game it, to me, it's an extremely perfect way to mix styles of different directors of samurai movies. Like, uh, there was um, like the the cost of war is a really big deal in a lot of samurai movies, but none so much so as like Samurai Assassin, nineteen sixty five. Okamoto, uh, he does his ending of the story it's this like the snow fight and there's mm-hmm. this epic betrayal of what's going on and how you as a samurai have to lose yourself in in <gasps> winning you have to lose everything in winning Uh-oh. and and yeah it's brutal <laughs> that, it's brutal that sounds like, very familiar <laughs> right and then there's uh there's like uh Ryosuke's journey in it the the friend of yours in the game who is slowly going down a very dark oh, a darker um, path the, than you're even going down the straw hat he, the, the, he's your yes the straw hat he's leader. your your yes. friend in the first act and you recruit him to yes. help take back your uncle's uh to go save your uncle your uncle is the princess right. in the mm-hmm. castle in this case which, yeah. is, which is great <laughs> yes basically, yeah um, actually yeah <laughs> and so you recruit your best friend you run up with him you fought with him and then when it comes down to it he turns on you because he is trying to, because he's had his own crew that he's trying to take care of, and he sees like, hey, if I side with this other, the, the enemy, so to speak, my family will be taken care of. Right. So they- right, and his story is very sort of Doom from 1966. Uh, it's a very, it's it's a very dark tale about a samurai who loses his way and makes has um has vengeance problems and he tries to go after people who have damaged his family and damaged his his lord essentially and he goes down the very a very destructive path and he basically becomes a complete ronin of like like disgusting level murder and it kind of ends in a in an awful way where everyone around him is on fire and he just yeah it's it's like he it's just terrible. Like, like his, and but that's it. But Ryosuke's story. The more I remember other movies, and the more I see the names of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is that movie. Like, that's <laughs> this is such a cool thing for them to have placed in all of these different yeah. points. Like, there's um the uh, the dance of uh, the dance of wrath and the heavenly strike. Those are straight out of like Lone Wolf and Cub. So they they there's a there's a I think it's a move called a wave silencer or something yeah. in it. I, I can't remember. So the the, those are it. moves in the game, specialty moves that you go on missions for, and you you learn these like very like mystical moves from like expert uh, senseis and fallen samurai. And then mm-hmm. when you do them in a fight, they are they are your they are your Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and, and, and basically, Lone Wolf and Cub is one of the first movies that, or for, you know, the the six of the movies that turned into, I think, like Shogun Assassin when it was here. But uh, they they had these mo- these moves in it where every time would stop, and all the characters like the samurai showdowns <sighs> happening, time oh stops, and then a sword slashes, and then water would flow <sighs> from the sword and go into the. It I was need, very and it, what it was movie classic. Is that? What movie is that? That's Lone Wolf and Cub. Okay, that's the one I need to watch first. That sounds. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, Lone Wolf Income is great. Um, yeah. You could watch. Uh, you know what? I have them. I'll, I'll bring them to you. <laughs> I'll drop them off. <laughs> but it's 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 amazing. Like it, like that's it's a great movie. That was from nineteen, I think, seventy two. So so needless to say, you guys are enjoying this story. 
Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, yeah. You want to know one of the one of the coolest things I found that I thought was really interesting? Yes, I do. I and like this is the, the, the I have so many of them, but this is the last one I'll touch on. Okay. One of the neatest things about the dance of wind and how the the flowing uh, fl- uh, foliage, like all the flowers, move in it. Okay. Um, one of the neatest things is that's actually from a very most recent movie. Actually, it, it's recent as far as these are really? you know, concerned. M- Princess Mononoke. The way that uh, nature and the Mongols invading happens in that movie, they they say it's one of the inspirations of how nature flows and like water everywhere in it, wow. and how the all the blades of grass, all the deer, the the sacred deer, all of that type of ta- that tapped on in that was all touched on in Princess Mononoke. So it was just a really, I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Someone else made that point. I, I wish I'd written down that's the a, guy's name. That's a great. Article, was cool. Yeah, I could definitely see where, where, where they're paying an homage to that as well. Uh, but, but Joe, you yeah. know, I'm hearing all these these samurai films and all these influences, and I think you missed the major one that, that this game really is, is referencing. It is uh, also a 1960s movie. Uh, called Batman. <laughs> Adam West, baby. I, I do believe Batman might be one of the things. Was, <laughs> I, I think you're missing an important one. I believe it was called Assassin's Creed. Batman's in that one too. <laughs> that is also Batman. We're just noticing that any game where you sneak around is just a Batman simulator. Troy started Absolutely. calling his horse the Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Ginmobile. As Brian. Yeah, the Ginmobile. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it's the Ginmobile. To the Ginmobile. Then you just whistle and here comes yeah. the horse. <laughs> so uh, the stories are great. The characters are awesome. The actors are awesome. Real quickly, the the main villain, Koto Khan, is important because he's not in many scenes, but he is so effective in this story that he drives your fear to go down this dark path. And number one, it's really well written because it, he's, a, he's a villain who right off the bat comes off as a monster. He throws wine on somebody and lights him on fire. But then later you hear him talking. He's just like, yeah, I can't beat you all if I go honor versus honor. You're better than me. I've learned your ways. I've learned your language. I'm going to beat you because I'm smarter than you. But it's I don't want to beat you by killing you. I want you to join me. He was a, a very interesting mm-hmm. character uh, brought to life by uh, Patrick Gallagher, who I recently found out is the coach from Glee. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you. His wow. face His has face, been, it's yeah. been killing me not figuring out who that was. Thank you. Yo, I once I figured that out, I was so like I, I've just been loving that character. I've I am now nine episodes into Glee. Glee, guys. We recently just watched that this year as well. I'm watching Yeah, that was a quarantine Glee watch I think. again. Yeah. And you know so what? So this game He's has filled great. you with glee in yeah. more ways than one. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be good in the end for me, but but I'm happy to see him in it because he is amazing uh, in, yes. in, in, in Ghost of Tsushima and singing with short, short, shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Tanaka Khan. Yes. And everyone else, all the, the acting in that, in, that movie, in, that, uh, in that game is also great across the boards, I, I feel. Yes. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, that is – yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I, th- I think you guys might have one more week out of this game. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Joe says you, Brian. You've talked about No Man's Sky how many times? <laughs> Not in a row, baby. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! We're gonna. I'm gonna go back and check those those old episodes. I'm pretty sure you got more than three out of that sucker. <laughs> no mo, no man's sky. No That's mo, right. no man's sky. No, that game's good. Actually, yeah, I love hearing beep, about boop, it. Beep boop, beepity boop. Did you understand that time? I heard. Oh, I, heard. Oh, I, I didn't realize that you had to say anything about my mom. I don't know why you did that. Hey, hey, Brian, can you speak succubus? I love your mom. <laughs> What was that? Can you can you can you speak succubus to her? 
<laughs> or is that you know behind closed doors? That's, that's, that's for alone time. All right, I don't need to do that in front of people. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's get out of our games then. Let's uh, let's move on to the news <laughs> section. News. I said a news. 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 Suck your news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and this week, uh, let's start off with uh, with Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell, the game that has not been out in like forever, and people will just want more of. They finally got some more this week, and it is coming to them in the form of an anime. It's going to be in the works at Netflix, and the creator of John Wick, Derek Kolstad, is going to be the writer and executive producer of it. That's the one yep. with the three glowy dots, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. The three, the <laughs> yeah. three green glowy dots. Yeah, I know yes. video games. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I like what Netflix is doing. They're just like, yeah, we'll make an anime out of that. Yeah, we'll make an anime exactly. out of that. Yeah, we'll make an anime it out of that. It works with uh, Castlevania. Let's the, see what Castlevania, Cyberpunk, you know? Cyberpunk Cuphead, yep. The Witcher. Uh, hey, Netflix. It wasn't Zelda rumored a while ago. I think that was live action. I think it's live yes. action. Um, but yeah, hey, yeah. so far I've been enjoying what they've been putting out. So get it, oh, Netflix. Yeah. yeah, they're. All, I think they also just announced they're doing another. Um, they're doing a live action prequel of the Witcher series as well. It's going to go back to the very first Witcher, and I think that's like a six episode thing. So I think they just cool. they just announced that. So that's great. Cool. And then also. As if this year couldn't get any worse. No, don't tell me. Uh, Fortnite has decided that uh, 2020 should hold its beer because it released a peelless version of its banana costume, Peely. <laughs> In case you're wondering what it looks like, it's just the inside of a banana with a straw hat, sandals, and some swim trunks to cover its seeds. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and it's unsurprisingly called Unpeely. Oh. Um, it is horrifying. <laughs> Uh, so look yeah, it up. It's just unpeeled. Yeah, it's Aww. just unpeeled. But why is it wearing swim trunks? What's it covering? <laughs> I think it's covering its banana. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, Fortnite's weird. I kind of like how weird Fortnite yeah. is. Fortnite went from oh, something yeah, that no, was no, cool great. to something that I thought was lame to now I think it's just rad in the most awkward way possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know what freaks me out more about him is his arms being un like. Because like, oh yeah. <laughs> before it's like you're unpeeled, but I can kind of think if you're like using like your peel as arms, but just having like, ugh, just the, yeah. uh, I don't know, the Meaty. meat part. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his and his feet look like he's wearing socks with sandals, and that's never okay, right, Troy? <clears throat> <laughs> I am a proponent of this. It matters if you have good socks. <laughs> that's the only way it works. You gotta you gotta have some good socks. That's true. That's true. You do normally have some really good socks. I'll give you. Thank that. you. And now. Time for something completely different. <laughs> Konami has decided that it wants to get into the gaming PC space and is releasing three different types of PCs ranging from $1,800 to $3,300. Wow. It has not gotten very good press from it uh, because the cases look terrible and it is very expensive for what it is. Yeah, yeah I don't know why. Yeah, does Konami <laughs> not realize uh, there's like a pandemic and people are like, saving their money for other things or like playstations <laughs> like playstations and xboxes <laughs> i think konami is also thinking like wow we've already spent so much money r&ding this let's just put it <laughs> <on> this, <you laughs> <know? laughs> three thousand uh, dollars yikes yeah yeah it's it, like luck. i said the cases hey. don't look that great either good That's luck konami <laughs> exactly but now it's time for some good news though finally uh ps3 players of metal gear solid 5 
have finally succeeded in destroying every single nuke oh in their goodness. version of the game. Gosh. And they've triggered a secret cutscene that would only happen if that were to happen. Wow. So that game came out in 2015. And once you beat the game, they had a little multiplayer component where you yeah. could create and craft you playing the game your own nuclear device. And at the same time, you wanted to raid other people's nuclear device and disarm them. And it was a experiment by Hideo Kojima to see if the gaming this gaming community could reach not just nuclear deterrence, which is what they were doing, right. but nuclear peace, which means everyone right. deactivates their get like they get theirs deactivated and they don't try to make a new one. <laughs> right. You trust that someone's not gonna bomb you. Yeah. And then you get rid of yours. Yeah. So so they've been working on this for so long and it, it involves having to go and, and continue to to denuclearize your multiplayer. Right. Mm-hmm. And apparently it only lasted for like five minutes. <laughs> 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 but but, but the, it happened though. But it happened, <laughs> and uh, and Hideo Kojima did tweet a little thing out of the, the YouTube of when it did happen, uh, which is yeah. amazing. That was five years in the making. He just wanted to see if it was possible to people for people to find a piece. So yeah, exactly. And I, I do it think it was it was leaked. I think either earlier this year or late last year because somebody was able oh. to get the they get, oh. go into the game files oh, and yeah. actually. Get oh, year the, one. Once they found out there was yeah, a secret yeah. ending, year they one the PC players found it, yeah. that. Yeah, because you so you could watch that cutscene yeah. already, but it, it yeah, wasn't exactly. earned. Yeah, until but this it year. actually happened though. Yeah, which That's was cool. awesome. Yeah, only That's on PS3. Awesome. The, the the PC can't can't achieve it. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also in some great news, G4 is coming back. Oh my gosh, G4. The channel formerly known as Tech TV and ZDTV, but truly became a phenomenon with G4, is, is coming back. Like, yeah. We don't yeah. have any details yet, right? Whether it's a YouTube uh, no. or a... No, no, no. They just said that it, they said G4. Um, I can't imagine them coming back without having Attack of the Show and X-Play. Uh, whether or not they're going to get back, um, you know, uh, Olivia Munn and Adam and Sessler, Adam Sessler and, Olivia and Webb, all those other people, Morgan Webb, Morgan Webb. Uh, who knows I, I combined them. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who knows if they're going to get them all back? Uh, they, as far as we know, they didn't know anything about it either. But it'd be pretty cool if they brought them back at least for like the first day. Yeah. You know, G four holds a special place in my heart because when I went to college, I, I didn't, I didn't have like extended cable TV. So I went to college and I found out there was a whole channel just for nerdy stuff. And then they would just play games. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, there's something on TV for me to watch. <laughs> this is great. Now oh I don't have goodness. to go to yeah. class. Yeah. And I didn't. <laughs> Thanks, G4. Yeah, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah, actually, you discovered it after I did because I discovered it when it was still tech TV. Oh, right. And they actually were just technical tv like you would turn it on they'd be telling you how to do stuff like people would write in be like hey i got this thing wrong with my computer and they would be like oh well this is how you do it and it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty interesting um but yeah what it what it turned I'm, into what it became was great i'm interested to see what they come back to because a lot of what they did then is just what everyone's doing now it's what we're doing now yeah. is what what they mm-hmm. kind of kicked off on a mainstream level so how do you re-enter a field that is now saturated with what you created <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I'll watch it. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, and then also during Comic-Con, uh, they announced the sequel to Sonic, uh, unsurprisingly called Sonic 2. Um, and, and, uh, and Tails is on the poster, though. Yes. Yes. He, was, yes. he was He was. hinted at at the end of the trailer, or yeah. the tail end of the trailer. Hey. <laughs> or the movie. All right, Brian, you and, win. Uh, Podcast award goes yeah. to Brian. Let's go ahead and get that yeah. to you. It's in the mail. <laughs> Curbside pickup. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. The the original movie was was really well done, really cute. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I look forward to what they yeah. do with it. Me too. 
wonder who they're going to get to voice Tails. And as much as Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey in the first one, because he's now full Dr. Robotnik, <laughs> I can only imagine what he's going to yeah. be uh, like in the second He had one. on restraints before, and we didn't even <laughs> know <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. He's got a mustache now. He's got a mustache. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's got goggles. <laughs> oh, it's going to be terrifying. Uh, and then lastly, uh, some fun news from the Dr. Mario phone game. Uh, they added a lot more playable characters, but none are better than the three Goombas stacked on one another with a doctor's coat on. It's very little rascals. They're pulling it off. Yes. They are pulling it off. I they love are. it's it's the 30th anniversary of Dr. Mario, and I love that the way they chose to celebrate it was stacking three Goombas on top <laughs> and putting a coat <laughs> and calling it a doctor. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so good. Look up the just look up the visual of it. That's all you need. It's it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so that will do it for the news. But we do still have our best segment of the day, which is turn up for what? Turn up for what? And this week is with Fanula from Bree. Thank you, Brian. In this week's news, Nook Inc., the real estate, home improvement, social services, and smartphone manufacturing company, released a much-anticipated update to their Nook phone. Consumers may now take photographs without seeing the phone's user interface, crosshair, or guidelines, allowing photographers to focus on their adorable subjects. In unrelated news, thousands of island residents have reported seeing Luna Aardvark, a mystical sleep fairy, whenever they close their eyes. Is this a mass hallucination, or is someone watching you while you sleep? No word yet from island officials. In our final story, an anonymous source spotted adorable puppy dog and diligent government official Isabel filing agricultural permits? Are fall vegetable patches in our not-too-distant future, or is Isabel just sharpening those brilliant secretarial skills? For this story and more, tune in next week. Until then, this has been Fanula from Bree Reporting. Buy low, sell high, and stay safe. Turn up for what? Thank you for that. Always my favorite. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I'll have to check in on that person watching you sleep thing. What has become? What has happened to Animal Crossing? This is getting creepy over there in that world. Hey, hey, maybe they're just making sure you're having good dreams. I maybe, don't know. Maybe I need to get back in. <laughs> <laughs> you're into All that right. kind of thing. All right. It is a fairy. That's I think it. there are different rules when it comes to fairies. The tooth fairy is allowed to watch you sleep. We're okay with that. Well, uh, if, it, if, it's wa- if it's lingering, no. It's not, I'm not okay with it. Tooth fairy has a purpose. Come in, get the tooth, go. If it's staying to watch me... Nah. It depends on how much money she's leaving. What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Drop a 20. You can watch as long as you want, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This quarantine's been hard. (laughs) Troy's got standards, but not for money. uh, That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that'll do it for our news segment. And now it brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) That's right. No problems whatsoever. <laughs> and, uh, and this week, uh, Troy, you're going to bring it to us, right? Yeah. So there has been a lot of news concerning Ubisoft over the past two weeks for many things uh, this week. Uh, some of them good and a lot of them not so good. Uh, I wanted to pick up on one of those things, which was representation of females as lead characters in gaming. Uh, an article that came out from Bloomberg, uh, Jason Schreier was the, the, the author or the writer, journalist. Yeah, former, formerly of Kotaku. Yes. He is now yes, with yes. Bloomberg. Yeah. Um, he uh, found out from ex-employees there that the creative teams have been trying to 
um, promote a, a larger female presence in the heroes and the leads of, of uh, Assassin's Creed games, going all the way back to Assassin's Creed Unity. And that was a, uh, uh, the, the French game. Apparently back then, uh, for the multiplayer aspect, they wanted to have female um, uh, um, assassins. assassins, but instead they just made them all male because the directors didn't want to spend the assets to make female models. Right. To have to change the clothes and all that stuff. Right. So they I were mean, just there like, were already no. females in the game, so you think you'd already have models and clothing, but like, okay. okay. All, right. Yeah. all right. I get it. All so, right. so behavior and decisions like this have permeated from Assassin's Creed Unity to Syndicate to Origins all the way up to Odyssey, where we most recently found out that the main characters, Cassandra and Alexio, wasn't supposed to be Cassandra and Alexio. It was supposed to be just Cassandra. But when they brought it up mm. to the executives, uh, one of the executives pretty much said, sorry, women won't sell. We need to have a, a male lead. And now that we're here, <laughs> I'm just kind of starting to, to notice now in retrospect how much, I don't know, I think better those games would have been if, they, if the creative team got to do what they wanted and just make a female lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's never yeah. a time where you hear one of these stories and you're like, oh, it's a good thing that executive prevented those creative <laughs> people from following through in their vision. It's a good yeah. thing that he was there to put his foot down and make business decisions. I, it, maybe that's why I like um, Jade Raymond, the former Ubisoft producer. She was a producer that was like, hey, let's put the creative team first. I feel like we hear so many stories mm-hmm. of executives being of creatives going to executives and executives being like, sorry, you don't get more time. It goes out now. Or, hey, sorry, we don't like the way that character looks. Do it this way. And I feel like when, when done negatively, there's such a, a coldness to it that I think actually hurts the game overall. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. Uh, apparently in Assassin's Creed Origins, there's Bayek, who was the main character. Apparently he was supposed to be injured early on and then you switch to his wife, Aya. Which makes total sense now because Aya yeah. is who starts the assassins. Her statue is in Assassin's Creed 2. Her <laughs> statue is in a game that came out like seven years before that game. And she wasn't the main character of the story in Egypt where she's from. <laughs> now, like, while I'm playing it, I love playing a bike. He's a great character. And, and it's cool to realize that the story is not about him. It's a cool choice. But also, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer to think that that they were afraid to make a female the lead of this franchise. So I wanted to ask, what other franchises have you seen that did have female leads that you felt really benefited or just were strong, just as strong as others, if not stronger? Uh, for me, it always goes to Horizon. Yeah. Horizon Aloy's was one of those. So Aloy is such a strong character. And, and not just Aloy, but also uh, the Doctor as well, that she's a clone of. She right. is... That 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 story is so well done, and it's so well done from a female perspective. On top of that, that I don't think that game would have been the same if that had been a male character. Yeah, because I, you know, I feel like thoughts. I feel like so much when there's a male character, they find like a way to shoehorn like a romance in. Like, well, they gotta oh, gotta right. ha- gotta have a girl, gotta mm-hmm. get the girl. And what I liked about Aloy is that there was like some romance, but there was also a groundedness to it of, of being like, I don't have the time for this right now. Yeah, this is not yeah. important. Right <laughs> yeah. When it comes to any action movie with like, you know, a, a, a hero instead of a heroine, like they're saving the world, but there's always time to like, you know, hook up. Get some on the side. Yeah. <laughs> the world's ending, but we can put that on hold just for tonight. <laughs> I find, I find that that uh, that stories with female leads they they get rid of that sort of fantasy and just kind of stay more committed to the story. 
Do, mm-hmm. do you guys also think it's a bummer that we have one of our most beloved franchises of all time is called Zelda, but she's never been allowed to be the main character? <laughs> <laughs> hey, she was pretty cool as Sheik, you know? That's, that, that's totally not the same. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that, that seems know. like, that feels now like another executive thing. It's like, hey, we're going to make Zelda a playable character. I don't know about that. No. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll make it, we'll put her in disguise. Okay, that could work, but can you make it like a boy disguise? <laughs> we're <laughs> Actually, going to make her this cool ninja. I don't know if ladies can, can be cool ninjas. Can though. we just think it's a boy like the whole time, right until we know it's not, and then never deal with it again? <laughs> then never bring Sheik back, really, in a substantial way? Cool. I don't know. I, I feel like that worked for Metroid. I, I actually right. really like that. I, I really do. I thought it was kind of cool that it, it didn't matter whether it was a boy or a girl. Right. And then when you found out at the end it was a girl, I was because I was floored as a as a kid. I, I was like, oh my gosh, Nemesis is a girl. This is so cool. I, and I didn't even seek things out like that as a kid. But I actually loved that you didn't know because I yeah. don't think it matters I, I, in that type yeah. in that oh, type of game. Right, it didn't matter right. at all. I loved how Metroid didn't didn't say anything. They didn't they didn't let you they yeah. let you decide whether the you know, what gender this uh, character should be. And it, that was just you. That's just you up until up until the mm-hmm. end when they're like, yeah, no, Samus is a lady. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was cool, but I, I yeah. do think that games like Tomb Raider and games like uh, like uh, Horizon, I, I completely agree, they would be wildly differently feeling. Yeah. I would feel very different about them if it wasn't a, the the protagonist wasn't a chick. Horizon, Last of Us Two, like yeah, yeah, it, a bayonetta, bayonetta. Yeah. <laughs> Um, even Yo, when- I don't think I w- Cooking Mama would be as fun as Cooking yeah. Papa. Uh, well, no, no, I feel like a Cooking Papa game would be very important because that's switching the roles in the other direction. I think men should be allowed Fair to enough. I, I think Cooking I, Papa I, would I be cool if Papa's like a grandpa. <gasps> it's like a oh old, my gosh, yes. yeah. old grandpa cooking yeah. with his big, no, thick old mustache. No, stop it. I think the reason I like it so much in Cooking Mama, though, is because most of the w- most well-known chefs there are in the world are men. Yeah. So right. for them to have chosen to make it Cooking Mama instead of cooking really cool dude that everybody likes in the community. Cooking uh, flavors. They, you know, like, they, they should call it Master <laughs> Chef Mama and not like Cookie Lady oh. with an apron in her own kitchen. Uh, but I agree with you. Oh. I, I think. Yeah, I yeah. love, but she gardens too. She has gardening, Mama. She's, She's a, a badass of all though. the things. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of men in video games, uh, are there any established franchise that you think would be, have a cool spin or would uh, have been a little more interesting if it were a female lead? Well, I, I mean, I, I already think, said Zelda, but Zelda would be yeah. cool. <laughs> I think Breath I think of the Wild actually, Two is going to lean more into yeah. Zelda being a playable character. Yes. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, for myself, I actually think I would love to see. I mean, this is harping on a series that I love, but I would love to see Final Fantasy VII from Tifa's perspective if she oh, was the main yeah. character, because you know Tifa hasn't seen Cloud since you know Cloud got stat, you know he got you know she just hasn't seen him in forever, yeah. And then she sees him and he's pretending to be somebody that he's not, and yeah. trying to see how she works through that in her own brain, like what what the hell's going on here? Tifa's got just you know? as interesting of a, a yeah. story as, as Cloud's, oh, yeah. and they they start around the same time. <laughs> Yeah. To Final Fantasy's yeah, they, they credit, were childhood they have friends. done yeah. female protagonists before. Uh, Final Fantasy? Oh, they ha- they yeah. absolutely have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Celis and, and uh, Lightning. Lightning and, mm-hmm. and Vanille. All those characters, yeah. But I would still, but personally, Final Fantasy Seven, I would love to see from Tifa's perspective, specifically. I, I think that's what makes this so shocking, is that I can think of so many examples of games that uh, were financially successful, uh, that, that people clout as being uh, phenomenal games, that to see, to hear someone say in 2020 that, that women can't, uh, that video games won't sell if they have women main characters just seems old-fashioned. Yeah, that, yeah I, I, when I yeah. first read this article, I, I, I 
for like the older games, like I kind of understood it was different times and it's like, well, they just didn't realize that those games would sell as well. Right. But yeah, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out three years ago. That's yeah. that's not that long yeah. ago. And granted, that game was in development for probably two years prior to that. But even still, in the last 10 years, <laughs> like that, that yeah. it's it's surprising. With, with the announcement of Fable, I was thinking about the old Fable games and Fable 2 allowed you to play as a lady. And like, I, I played that when I was in high school. So that was like the idea that someone is using the mindset from when I was in high school to make marketing decisions is just like <laughs> so strange. It's like, oh, well, you're going to have to have a guy and a girl. They're going to have to be able to play as well. It's like, what? That's so like the 90s, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. As yeah. Uh, as um, uh, Mandy was playing The Witcher the other day, she was mentioning how there's not like a female lead that that has the same type of uh, attractive comrades <laughs> comrades <laughs> as the witcher does you know like and in a lot of video games where you're that male character and then it's it, it, you know mass effect and things like that and mass effect is different but like uh you yeah. have you can like be a consort to all these different women that are all voluptuous or adventurous or quirky and you don't get that with women you don't oh, get the they, inverse of that people who make video games have no idea what women find attractive yeah they're always like look there's this shirtless dancing man which i mean if that's what you're into totally fine but it's just like you've very much missed the point he's not wearing <laughs> that's because us as guys have no idea what women are into so we're just assuming here you know we don't know <laughs> they haven't read jane Is austen it me? i don't know. The I, I know i know i know <laughs> <laughs> we wrote it down. You need a well-dressed dude who slightly looks your way and does a small gesture. <laughs> yeah. Did he pick up your hanky and hand it to you? That's cool. But before that, he has to treat you like now, dirt because women love guys that do that. No. Did, no. did he not pick it up, but then you saw that he looked at it, but just like for just like a little too long? And then like you both know that he would have picked it up if like his overbearing mom wasn't like around the corner, but so you have like this mutual understanding. <laughs> See, they don't put that in video games. Now that's romance. <laughs> I, I do think that um, I actually really appreciate games that if, th- if there is no difference between picking a guy or a girl in a game, like I don't mind if it's a voluptuous woman who this person falls in love with. I don't. I do really appreciate it when they just go here, create a character that could be a boy or a girl, that could be any any anything you want. I love that. But at the same time, some of the big games, the AAA games out there, it would be really nice if they were just a. Just make it a girl. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just make it make it an undescript person. Make it a robot. I don't know. Is that is that something that's possible, Brian? Do you want more robot games? No. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. no. no that, that's persecution, and I will not have it, sir. There, there is a game coming out that, that I'm a little in love with, um, and you play. I think it's called Lynn's Adventure. I'll look it up. I can't believe I didn't look it up before just talking right now. But uh, you play as not just a woman. You play as a grandmother. Grand's yeah. Adventure. That's what it that's is. It. What's wrong with me? You play as a grandmother, and I can't think of another example of that you're not just a woman you're an older woman which like no one's allowed to be so right, that, one's, that one has me very excited yeah, so yeah older woman in game speak that's what like 40 yeah <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> and then you're dead right yeah so isn't bayonetta really old oh, yeah she's yeah, like ancient she's like- yeah but she's immortally yeah, but she's hot though that's yeah, yeah but she's like perpetually like you know 18 yeah, body wise per- yeah, perpetually yeah, 25 yeah, <laughs> yeah. um Oh. Video games have two types of women. They have Laura Croft and Witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. And in Bayonetta's case, both. You know? <laughs> so so hopefully um, the spotlight that's on Ubisoft now will will promote change 
uh, hopefully not just within that company, but as a whole industry. I think I think all other companies can be looking right now at the spotlight and and, and hopefully shine a little spotlight on their own company to see how they're doing with with uh, representation. So. Yeah, absolutely. Both in gaming and in movies, Every, all all of the entertainment industry. Yeah, I think could and definitely use with some more. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ex- it does take years for things to move forward, though, and to try and get better. So I I do feel like in in the next year or two, we might be experiencing like three years ago, people realizing we need to change, yeah, and we need to be more inclusive of everyone who plays games. And I I hope and I do think that's where we're moving to. And little by little, we get baby steps forward. Hopefully, yeah. Right I on. think it'll be good. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Thank right. you all. Well, uh, yeah, well, yeah, good topic there, Troy. Uh, well, so, yeah, that'll do it for that, for our Mighty Morsel Tasty, Tasty Topic. <laughs> and uh, now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. Do, 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 do. It's the Dragon of the Week. Oh, it's Each so shatter. meek. It's the Dragon of the Week. It's the Each opposite shatter. of weak. Ah, dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week is our chance to learn a bit of a something about the industry at large, whether it's a person, place, or company. Um, we just want to educate ourselves on this industry that we talk about. That's right. Uh, and this week, I will be bringing it to you, me, Brian, the host of the show. I don't know. I don't know how else I can say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this week, I will be bringing you Yoshitaka Amano legendary artist and character designer for the original Final Fantasy. Ooh. Yeah. And like everything else that you love. (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) uh, Amano was born in Shizuoka, Japan. Uh, He was not the healthiest kid growing up, so whenever he was sick, he would stay inside and he would paint. Uh, So, now he did this. Now, he did have a good amount of friends uh, while growing up, but, you know, sometimes he just felt like painting instead of going out and being with them. So, you know, that's what he did. And I think all of us can feel him. You know? <laughs> yep. I, I really don't want to go out today. I just want to paint. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, he's, he's painting for pretty much his entire, uh, his entire childhood. Um, he, I think he said he first picked up a, a brush when he was five. So, you know, that's, that's just what he did for his hobby. So, so, you know, from like five to 15, that's what he's doing. So now imagine yourself at the age of like 14 or 15. Would you ever have the confidence of applying for your dream job? Uh, <laughs> yes. I wanted to be a full-time Ninja Turtle. Um, <laughs> nice. I applied, but they must have gotten my application lost in the mail. It's uh, uh, obviously, it's hard obviously. to know which sewer cover, manhole cover to send it to. But, um, <laughs> maybe one of these days. Fair. They'll get back to me. Fair. Now, would you have the gall to get up and leave where you live and go to the biggest city in the world to live out your dream job? Huh. What, what is actually the biggest city or what I thought was the biggest city because for me it's well, like hey, i don't know my friend's the house. ninja turtles was in new york so i mean that's <laughs> yeah, ninja, yeah, in the sewer in new york where we in the sewer delivered pizza i don't want to live here anymore mom i'm going to new york city <laughs> to live with leonardo bye <laughs> i make it five feet well if your answer was no yeah. <laughs> well if your answer was no that was actually exactly what amano did he was visiting a friend who had moved to tokyo and amano really liked the studio tatsunoko which was making animated TV shows at the time. Um, he went to their studio headquarters and left a piece of his artwork behind. Um, and then when he got back to Shizuoka, the studio had sent a message saying they wanted to hire him. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, this is at the age of 15. Wow. <laughs> so it's, it's school works a little bit differently over there. You can choose to, whether to go to high school or not and college and all that. Oh, other jazz, so. and they don't like punish you for the rest of your life? <laughs> 
If you, at least not in those know. times, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be arts, you can be an artist at whatever. I mean, yeah. if you want to, you know, you want to be a financial advisor, I don't think you can do that. Oh, man. <laughs> That's my backup. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, so he goes to Tokyo and he starts his career at Tatsunoko. And uh, since he never had any experience in the fields, you know, being 15, his first year there, he was just part of the production team and was learning what to do. They were teaching him the ropes and everything. Uh, so starting the second year there, though, they made him an animator. And back in those days, there wasn't a position for character designer. So whenever the company needed new designs, they would take one of the animators, bring him into a closed off room and have them design new characters in secret because Whoa. nobody else could know about it because, you know, this is all hush hush. Right. And so... They did that with Amano, and after they had done this a couple of times with him, they liked his design so much that, that he was the first person given the position of character designer ever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he started it. Yeah, he started wow. it. Wow. Um, and, you know, that, I think this was probably around the age of 18 to 20. So, like... <laughs> I, I'm so... I'm in awe of, of all the dragons of the week that, that started at early age. I also hate them <laughs> so right? much for doing so much at an age where I did so little. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and so it was during this time that he would design the character of Gotcha Man, uh, also known as Battle of the Planets or G-Force here in America. Um, and that show was huge in Japan, as well as many other series that he designed for. Um, so when he hits the age of 30, he has already been with the studio for 15 years and he wanted to branch out with his art. He didn't want to just be a character designer for anime. So he left. He quit the studio and he went freelance. So a year after he leaves, though, he does the art for a little thing called Vampire Hunter D. Oh, <laughs> I know that. That you may or may not have heard of. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's a great show. I saw that one. Yeah. So he did the, he did the illustrations for the books because that's what he was doing a lot of. So he did the illustrations for the novel. And then once it got picked up as a, as a movie, he did all the character designs for the movie as well. And so um, he was also working on many other things during this time. Like I said, he was working on novels, uh, one of which being he was doing covers for a lot of fantasy European novels. And um, <laughs> during this time, he thinks that it was those novels that got the attention of Hironobu Sakaguchi, who is the creator of Final Fantasy. Oh, they, so they were really into those European novels. Were they yeah, sexy so. novels? You can tell us, Brian. Where was he doing cover art for sexy novels? They may or may not have been shirtless. I don't know. I mean, were you know. there succubi on these novels? Man and succubi, <laughs> lady and werewolf, and robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Sakaguchi uh, comes to Amano and is like, "Hey, you want to do character designs for a little game that I'm working on? It's called Final Fantasy. I don't know if you want to do it or not." <laughs> He's like, "Don't and, worry, uh, it'll just be one. I can't. I'm not going to yeah, make exactly. another one out <laughs> after the this. Final one. It's the low yeah, commitment. This is it." This is it. <laughs> So, so Amano agreed, and he started working on it. Uh, now, he saw what kind of graphics he would be working with, you know, it being the Famicom, being, you know, 8-bit, all that jazz. And so when he was doing his initial character designs, uh, he made them look like they would in the actual game. He was doing very pixelated, like, lo-fi stuff. And so the team came back to him like, hey, um, we asked you to do the artwork because we like your artwork, your actual artwork. Uh, so make them full size and our artists will shrink them down and adapt your designs. So he was like, OK, you know, I can I can do that. I just wasn't thinking along those lines. I was just thinking, you know, you wanted to do it like this. And so but from then, though, he realized that the character sprites were just a symbol of his art. Uh, he explains it as, if you were to create an A with your arms and talk about Mount Fuji, people would know that your arms meant the mountain, and the image in your mind would be of the actual Mount Fuji. Oh, that's good. So, 
So in this way, the sprites would be your arms and the character designs would be your Mount Fuji in your mind. Oh, so man, Mount Fuji cool. in my mind. Gosh, yeah. I want to live my whole life with that with that mantra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so back in this time, though, uh, you know, being the mid 80s, video games are still a pretty niche product because they had already had the, you know, the crash of the video games and, and all that jazz. So uh, he would have publishers constantly coming up to him and be like, hey, why are you wasting your time doing this video game stuff? You, know, you could be working on, you know, more covers. You could be doing more other video stuff. Video games are for kids. What are you doing? Yeah, you could be doing literally anything else with your time. You know, you're a pretty big deal. But he was like, he, he really enjoyed doing something different. And he saw the huge potential in the games industry. And uh, he was absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so Final Fantasy, as you would know, it bl- completely blew up. Um, his art would go on to inspire many future artists and game designers. Uh, he would go on and be the character designer for every single Final Fantasy up until 6, after which he would do the promotional materials and character artwork for most of the other ones. He has done the logo and title design of every mainline Final Fantasy game, including their sequels. And he has done the art for most of the spinoffs as well. So every you know that little meteor, you know, thing on Final Fantasy VII, every single one of those little types of things. That's he's done every single one of them. He's done art exhibits all around the world and is regarded as one of the legendary artists of our time. He even did a series of Magic the Gathering card art uh, mm-hmm. last year that was very limited in, uh, in how it would come out. And it completely sold out at the pre-order level the day that they announced it, <laughs> that he was going to be a part of it. And then he even released more promotional cards with his artwork, but you can only get them at very limited qualities, I think like a couple of months later. It was yeah. bonkers. He's got a very unique um, style and look where it's it's very yes. light. It's very it's it's almost as if like a cloud made. <laughs> uh, <a laughs> oh yeah, I said it. I said it. But it, it's just yeah. so light and kind of wispy that it, it almost looks mm-hmm. like it's not even there. But it is. It's a really cool quality. It makes you feel like it's just blowing in the wind um, with oh, his yeah. art. I, it's really yeah, wonderful. It, it, yeah, and his art style is very much monochrome. It's very much just black and white. Yeah, and uh, that's actually how he designs all of his all of the Final Fantasy logos as well. It's all in black and white, and then the team takes that and then they add they colorize it if they want to. Right. Like with Final Fantasy VII, they put the green and the the red on it. Oh, yeah. but all, most of his art most of his artworks though is just monochrome. Yeah, it is just you know, but it is it is so so good and, and dripping with character every single one. Yes, it's just, you can just oh yeah, you absolutely. can feel a whole story behind the eyes of whoever he draws yes um and uh personally he is one of my idols uh from his work on final fantasy vampire hunter d sandman and then also gotcha man because i watched i watched battle of the planets when i was young nice it was awesome nice um and uh, i have many of his art books uh and meeting him is a dream of mine so uh, my hat is off to you yoshitaka amano um he is he's just great he's awesome if you ever uh, see any of his interviews all of his interviews are very just down to earth nice. he's still very a very humble guy um a titan awesome. a titan of the industry yes i'd say he very much so is awesome uh so yeah that's my dragon of the week yoshitaka amano yes, thank indeed. you very much brian for for You're putting because now what he is how he was describing mount fuji he is that to his art when you say his yeah. name I don't picture the man immediately. I picture just all the different. The mountain. The mountain. That yeah. is the man. <laughs> oh, agreed. He's the Mount Fuji yeah. of my mind. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, that'll bring it to the end of this week's episode, though. Wow. Wow.
but you can always find us online. Check us out on Twitter for day to day updates on awesome indie games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to know more about really cool indie games coming out, we showcase them specifically on our Twitter account. So make sure to get those on there. We got Grand's Adventure and other cool stuff. Check us out. All types of good things. And uh, if you want some some other content, check out uh, our uh, Instagram. That's where you get a lot of the the news of what we're up to on various platforms, whether it be podcasting, whether it be uh, Twitch. Uh, you can find information there. That's where our link tree is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can also check us out on Twitch itself at Taste of Dragons as well. We we go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday evening, and maybe sometimes in between, but but most yeah. likely those three. And yeah, so come by and uh, check us out. Throughout the week, we're having fun. Be our friend. Be our dragon friend. Like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then this Wednesday, we'll be uh, walking through some of the new Red Dead Online features. We're going west, y'all. That's right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dragons We haven't played in like like almost a year. It's going to be great. I haven't played since 2018. Our our cousins are (laughs) coming out of the woodwork. The Calamity Cousins. Cousins. Coming back out. Maybe we'll be (laughs) the the Dragon Cousins now or something. (laughs) We'll have to think of a posse name. The Calamity Dragons. The Calamity Dragons. Hey, dragon. <laughs> it's not the, the same. Wait, the, hey, we could be the dirty, the dirty dragons. The dirty dragons. Uh, that's gonna be fun. I'm curious to see yeah. what what that game is now. So uh, look yeah, out for I that agree. on Wednesday for the Friend Zone Wednesday evening or another day. We'll 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 tell you. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I'll do it for this week, though. Uh, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. And I'm Joe. And we are the, the Taste, Taste of Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. There's a snake in my food. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day.